Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Russians to any uh, government organization or entity who can snatch you from your bed uh, at any moment in time and bring you to justice or uh, or death uh, odd start odd start but we're keeping it in uh, you know I'm, I'm resisting the urge to uh, to pause it to hit stop and uh, start again it's, it's real man this is real life you know it's real it's raw it's raw anyway how are you um, I'm a bit anxious today. My my mind's all over the place. I've been going to start recording for about an hour and a half now, and I thought let's just get it out of the way. The phone is the phone is on. Just make sure it's on. It's for the first time ever. Is it on? Yes, it's on. Uh, for the first time ever, recording the podcast, the phone is going to remain on. So if it goes off, we may have to. St- in fact, we will have to stop uh, because today, uh, Tuesday, twelfth of January. 
my Wayne, my child, love of my life, apple of my eye, my youngest, my firstborn, my the 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 greatest companion, best friend, stroke tour manager that's ever existed, uh, Murphy. Murphy Gibson, aka Momo, aka the tour manager, he's gone for his operation, um, and he was crying, he was crying, he was shaking, and this is the, these are the things I don't have kids, I don't have children, I have a dog, you know, the bond and love between a man and a dog is stronger than that of a child. I know you don't want to hear it, I know that people don't want to admit it, but I am telling you now, you may have children. You might be listening to this going, Gibble, you're wrong, man. I've got wins. They're brilliant. I love the day things and they bring you stuff and they're like, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, no, I, you know, I hope one day of children in the future, you know, yes, I'm getting on a bit. You know, I'm 36. Some of you might be going, I've had my wins. I've grown up and left the house by now. And I would say to you, you are a wee dirty when you were younger. You know, you're, you're never too old. You know? <laughs> to be a to be a father. A father. A papa. You know? But uh, if I if I am blessed with children one day, I know that I will never love them as much as I love uh, this dog. Never. Impos impossible. It's impossible. There there is a level of love beyond this doesn't exist. So I had to take him to the vet this morning. It's a good vet. Um so he's in safe hands. He's in good hands. It's a routine operation, I am told. But it's just you've got to put him to sleep, and that's when the old nerves kick in, you know. And it's like anything else. I have said this before on the podcast. Vets are bastards. They're leeches, you know. Financial vampires. They prey upon your love for your your pet, your animal, you know, part of your family. You know, and they'll, they'll say things like, um, "Listen, it's a completely routine operation that he's going in for. We don't, we don't uh, anticipate any problems, but uh, what happens is actually during the operation, we lay the animal down on his side. Now, uh, it never, very rarely happens. In fact, never happened to us. It's one case in a billion that it does actually happen. But there's sometimes if you lie an animal on its side and you don't actually touch his uh, anus." Uh, sometimes the animal can somehow explode internally and bleed to death from its arsehole. Now, we have a plan where we can actually lay your animal down on its side whilst fingering his bumhole. Uh, that will ensure that that doesn't happen. Um, but that's going to cost you an extra £400. Would you like that to happen? And you're like, touch his ass, whatever it takes! Thing I always get is blood. You know? They always go, we can get special blood for your dog. Or we can just give him any... <laughs> Any old bastard blood we find in the street. Would you like the special blood? Because it's going to be extra on your latches. Make sure he's safe. And it's a clever vet, you know, because... They... They know... vet. Every vet... Every vet knows... That they are taking the fucking piss. Right? They know that. They know they're taking the piss. Can you have a look at my gerbil? Your gerbil's fucked. That's £48. They know they're taking the fucking piss. But there's nothing else you can do. You know? You, you can't go on YouTube and watch videos of how to remove teeth for your dog. Maybe you could. But I've not got the time for that or the skills. You know? 
So I pay a fucking Irish person to do it. Not that, and in particular, it just happens that the vet's Irish. But when you come to settle it, now you, you have the confrontation face-to-face with the vet, and the vet's getting all the big technical talk, you know? And then they send you to pay, and you have to go and pay with this uh, old fucking Eastern European short putter that speaks broken English, and that is designed for that reason, so that if you want to get angry, Helga's going to go up behind that desk, and she's going to put you in her sugar and fucking launch you at the front door. You know? You go from the meek, well-mannered, slender, slight, streak-a-pish veterinarian to then step over to fucking Ivan Drago to make your payment and you're like, you're beating your fucking shit with a stripy jumper hen, you're a fucking robber. But what you got to do? You know? It's going to get fixed. So, uh, hopefully he's alright. I'm sure he's alright. I was told I was going to get a phone call this morning if there was anything wrong with his bloods and they couldn't proceed uh, I've not had that call, so I'm assuming everything's fine. Um, it's just nervy, you know. It's nervy. It, it, we might doesn't like the vets. It doesn't understand what's happening. So, and now because of COVID, the three animals like the fucking hand grenade. So you you can't even go in anymore. You've got to leave them outside like an unwanted child on the steps of a Catholic church, and uh, and then run off as they drag them in, quivering and crying. So it was it was an emotional morning. But we've got to pick him up this afternoon, back of three, we'll go and get him, and uh, I don't know if he's going to come back with a, a beautiful set of diamante teeth, we'll, uh, we'll see what the budget, budget's not going to stretch that far, for a custom grill, for the Doug, but uh, aye, hopefully he's alright. Basically, get a tooth out, and I think there's like an abscess in his gum, or there's something in his, in his gum that they've got to take a wee look at as well, so... Uh, they're, they're gonna. That's that's what's happening today. So I'm again. I'm told routine, but it's my way. You know, it's my boy. So I'm worried about him for fuck's sake. You know, he's got to be alright. He's got to be alright. Anyway, how are you? How are you? Um, we're we're a week down from the last episode. Not much has changed uh, with regards to uh, COVID. Uh, it does feel as if the the mood towards the current situation in the UK and particular Scotland has changed slightly in the sense that I'm starting to feel as though people are just accepting this is life now. There's nowhere for you to go. There's nothing for you to do. Get on Deliveroo and try and find something to watch online. I feel as if that is everyone's life now. Um, As I sit out, I sit at the desk recording this, looking at the window, beautiful blue skies here in old Ricky. And it's uh, it's an odd one, man, because it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like it just feels as if this is life now. Again this morning, two emails uh for another two venues were pushing back further into twenty twenty one. Uh because there's just there's still just this massive uncertainty. And and, and any time I look at the news and I and I'm desperately trying not to not to do it because it's just it's just becoming ridiculous, you know. It's um, interestingly though, I, I I might I might sign up for it. I might not. I'm going, to, I'm going to wait and see what happens. But my missus told me about this thing called the Happy Newspaper, and uh, in fact, let's just Google it while we're sitting here talking about it. You know, um, I was talking to her the other day. We went out for a big walk on Sunday, and um, I was saying how I, I hate even reading the news now. Or watching news because there's never there's never anything. It's never anything good, never anything positive, right? 
and we talk about sometimes the metro and the uh, the little ditties that we find on there that are either sometimes made up or just some kind of nonsense story. So we can talk about it. And I say there's there's never really anything kind of nice. And I thought with the Sunday service, which is the the Patreon episodes, which you should all be signed up to now. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. I thought about maybe having a wee thing in the Sunday service where we where we finish the Sunday episodes with with, with a, 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 a a ray of hope, something to look forward to in life, you know, something to bring a bit of joy to step forth in another week. And my missus told me this thing called the Happy News, and uh, it's a, a I believe quarterly uh, newspaper that comes out, and it's just it's just uh, it's just all full of happy news stories. You know? Now, I mean, for a for an angry, uh, twisted, bitter old bastard like me, um, I don't know if there's enough happy news stories to change my uh, mood, but that may be a, wee, a nice wee thing for you all to get involved in. It's uh, it's the happynewspaper.com by a, a wonderful uh, lady called Emily Coxhead. And uh, a newspaper to celebrate all that's good in the world the Happy Newspaper is a platform to share positive news and wonderful people. There you go. You can get them on Instagram as well. Why not check them out? The Happy Newspaper. Do we have any? Do we have any stories? Oh no, we don't because it's you know the one you buy the paper, and that makes complete sense. Uh, everyday heroes. Who's the everyday heroes? Uh, Jimmy Ellison, good old granddad. Or Jim recently turned eighty and didn't want any presents or money. He isn't one for fuss at the best of times, so instead the idea of donations for charity was suggested. £220 donated to Colostomy UK. Good for you, Jimmy. So there you go. You know? What the fuck has world become? Just, it's just happy... It's, Scott, it's happy news. It's happy fucking news, right? You do a face cunt. It's happy news. Check it out. Um, but what I was wanting to talk to you about is... Um, COVID in the UK. Now, it seems as if the guidelines are changing daily. I understand that there are potential talks of increased in fines for people who are breaching uh, COVID rules. Uh, it seems as if England as well, let's get that news story up, it seems as if England as well is increasing their social distance to three metres. Um, it still has that feel of it that the 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 leaders, if you like, whether it be Sturgeon and, and, and Bojangles, it still feels as if they are competing against each other. I, I am concerned still that it, everything just seems to meander on at a kind of trotting pace and nothing really changes, you know, numbers are still rising. In fact, it was only a couple of days ago that a fucking... Uh, a, a national crisis, whatever it was called, was called in London because of the the rate in which COVID infection uh, cases and deaths are rising in London. Um, a national state of emergency. That's the thing I was looking for. It does feel as if we need to have a a stronger period of of even further strengthening of the rules. Listen, I mean, how many times have I said it? We're just going to have to go back to a, a, a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month of just saying nobody leaves their fucking house. That's it. Because what what would... I mean, let's be honest here. What would be harder for us 
continuing on with the current situation for another year, right? Because realistically, I mean, we're always filled with a little bit of hope, you know, that something's going to happen, the vaccine's going to come and we're going to move on. Listen, everybody's going to get the vaccine or we're going to get to a point where a certain percentage of the population is vaccinated and they feel safe and then something else will happen and we'll still be in fucking lockdown. It's just, it feels as if nothing's really changing. So what would the situation be that we continue on with the way things are for the rest of this year? Or we just say, do you know what? The month of February, right? Shortest month, 28 days. For the month of February, it's going to be a fucking brutal month. But when we get through that, it's all over, man. It's all over. So for the whole month of February, from the 1st to the 28th, nobody leaves their fucking house. Don't exercise. Exercise in the house, right? Prison style, man. Fucking push-ups in your bed. Scared to go to the shower. Prison style, right? For a month. Lock the fucker down. No takeaways, no deliveries, no post. Fuck all. The country is shut. Nobody leaves. Nobody gets fucking in for a month. First of March, down to your doctor's office, stand in a queue for 20 hours, whatever it fucking takes, pull down your drawers, batter your ass cheeks with fucking vaccines, and then we all go back. Back to normal. Something's got to give, man. Something's got to fucking give. Because I can't, I can't do it. I can't do another year. I can't. I can't do it. I'm getting, I'm getting cabin fever, man. I'm sick of being in this house. Constantly. You know, I can't, I can't go and work anywhere else. Can't go and sit in a coffee shop. Can't do it. Can't get a, an office. Can't get a, a production studio for the podcast. Can't do that. Can't do anything. Because we're, we're stuck in here. You know? Fucking the name of God, let me out. <laughs> I talked to a friend the other day and he's talking about how he's realising now that the he's, he's not only missing live performance for the, you know, for the, because he's a comedian, right? He's a performance, an artist, right? He's not just missing it for that because that's who he is or what he does. He's missing it for the therapy aspect and it fucking rung true with me, man. I, I have had a number of times in the last year, this last 10, 11 months, however long it's been, when I have thought to myself, I would love to speak about this on stage. You know, and there is a real element, a therapy to, to for me, there's a real element of therapy for the type of performing that I do, the type of comedy that I do, because I talk about things that are real to me. And yes, in the past, I've, I've maybe been criticised or, or I know that I've maybe spoken about things on stage I maybe shouldn't have spoken about or, you know, I, I've maybe I've maybe said things in a, in a jokey way that, you know, ring true. But then the, the reality of it is, if I'm telling stories about my life or I'm talking about my life, I'm going to talk about the things that are happening in it. I'm going to talk about the things that are affecting me in it. I'm going to, I'm going to talk through ideas, concepts in a funny way because sometimes laughter is a good way to break down the kind of serious nature of things and I've really missed that element of live performance, you know, I've missed the, I've missed the, the travelling to gigs, I've missed the, uh, I've missed the kind of, the nervousness before it, I've missed the, the energy of working on new stuff, I really have missed it and also I've missed the therapy aspect, I've missed being on stage talking about things talking to people, I've, I've really fucking missed it, 
and I just don't know when I'm going to get it back, you know, and it's fucking, it's worrying, man, because even now, and I know we've all been through peaks and troughs, we think it's not going to any better, but it just feels, it feels like we're taking a step back, it really does, it feels like we're taking a step back. So what's this saying here? Uh, the Prime Minister Bojangles uh, has been urged to increase social distancing to three metres as coronavirus cases continue to soar in the UK. Experts uh, from the SAGE Advisory Committee, another committee that fucking never heard of, um, want the guidance change from one metre plus to two metres plus, according to reports. Uh, the moving effect would change the limit to three metres, almost ten feet. Uh, several members of SAGE say the third national lockdown must be tougher than the first one in March in order to stop the spread of the mutant strains. It it does it does this this lockdown this this lockdown doesn't feel as bad as the one in March, and I think that's because, you know, most takeaways are open, supermarkets are open, people are a bit more relaxed about it now. I think it's gone on to the point where I certainly I think people are thinking, going, if I've no got it now, I'm not going to get it. So it does feel as if we need something a bit fucking tighter. You know? Don't leave the house, we'll fucking kill you, Doug. I'd be like, I mean, mate, whoa, back off, man. Back off, man. I'm not leaving the house. Oh, even that as well, man. How can you have Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales saying it's two metres and England still going, listen, it's a metre and a half. We're a metre and a half, man. We've just got to be different, you know? We've got to be fucking awkward cunts. We've just got to be a little bit different. I mean, they've got to, I do think we've got to increase the this the, uh, the the grip around this lockdown. I think we need to get a bit tougher with it, and I do think we need to get tougher with people who are still continuing to break the fucking rules. Morrison's came out this week and says they're going to start um, denying entry into stores for people who are not wearing masks. That should have happened in fucking day one. That should have happened in day one. But again, when all the supermarkets came out and went, you know what? We're not going to turn people away because you want the fucking money, cunt. You want the fucking money. But I mean, everything now, because everything's going on so long and it's all, again, swaying back to being politicised. The truth is coming out. The government doesn't give a fuck about you. Nobody else gives a fuck about you. They want money in their till and that's it. People don't understand the power that they have and the power that people have is with the fucking money that they spend. That's where your power is. Your power's not really in a, in a vote, let's be honest, because at the end of the day, we're sitting watching the news this morning, for fuck's sake. Everybody woke up to the news of people in England with the school meals unboxing a carrot, half a turnip and a fucking packet of glue and going, that's to feed your way for a fortnight, good luck. What did they think was going to happen? Did they think that the Tories were going to fucking give in and say, right, you know what? Everybody gets a school meal and then they were going to fucking turn up with Heston Blumenthal catering them for a fortnight. It's the fucking Tories, you morons. You're lucky you got a fucking carrot in the box. What did people think was going to happen? And here's the most fucked up part about the way that the thinking goes in England. There will be people sitting who are unable to feed their fucking children. Imagine for a minute, let's let's just step out of the world, right, of, of everyone having a negative viewpoint on everything and a negative uh, attitude towards people who earn their fucking selves. Let's think for a minute that there are generally people out there, right? Which there are. There are people out there who are unable to feed their fucking children because of the situation that they find themselves in, right? It's not because they're a junkie or because they're a fucking 
tax dodging or a benefit dodging bastard. They just cannot afford to feed their fucking children, right? Let's let's accept that for a minute. So then they get a box for the government. You know? Effectively a food parcel. But a fuck we're an oil we're an oil rich nation, let's not forget that. We get fucking oil for crying out loud. And people are getting food parcels to feed their fucking kids. And then when they open the parcel, what? Half a bag of magic stars, something that looks like a carrot, which is obviously they've sent somebody for the fucking Tory government out to pick up old fucking carrots for snowmen that have melted over the last couple of days. Fucking stick them in a box. What I saw was a loaf of bread, a potato, and two apples. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? They school box meals for the Tories. Looks like somebody who's drunk, who's walked on that fucking ready steady cook back in the day. Ainsley Harry going, hey, let's pop up. Susie's Tom Percy Pepper. Fuck up, Ainsley. I'd like to see one of the chefs try and make a fucking dinner out of that for a fortnight. And people are, are outraged. How, how could the government do this? How could they do this? And then see when it comes to the next election, you'll fucking vote them back in again. You'll vote them back in again. Because the Daily Mail will do the usual plaster all over. There's brown people coming to fucking take our jobs. Vote the Tories in. Nothing changes, man. It blows my mind. It blows my mind when I see the news during England and people complaining about the fucking government. I'm going, you voted the fucking cunts in, man. What did you think was going to happen? Speaking of sandwiches, right? And, uh... I saw this. Now, I'm, I'm slightly concerned um, because this is two news stories now I've seen about the Dutch. And I'm hoping that this kind of aggression, is that the word? I'm hoping this kind of arrogant standpoint is towards the English and not towards the good old Scots. You know, I, I hope that I am still opened with, uh, welcome with, with open arms uh, when I return to, to, you know, Holland, my spiritual home. Once all this is over. Because the the last one was I saw people who had been denied entry into Holland uh, that were flying during lockdown because they were told that the reason for their visit wasn't uh, wasn't a necessary travel. So they were, they were refused entry and sent back. And I was like, fucking fair play to them, man. But the whole Brexit thing now, I don't know what's going on. And uh, this one is this one is, is equally uh, worrying, you know. And... Uh, I just hope once it's all over, I just I hope I can turn and go, mate. I'm Scottish, man. Maybe maybe that's how we need a Scottish passport now, you know. So I can differentiate between the two. I don't want him to know. I want him to know I'm Scottish. I don't want him to think I'm British with my British passport. I want him to go, mate. Listen, I know. Hey, I voted Remain, mate. I want here. Fucking, I love Holland, mate. Clogs, orange, brilliant. You know, strap woofle. Fucking sign me up. Uh, headline says, Dutch officials say welcome to Brexit as they take driver's ham sandwich. The bastards! Uh, Dutch officials were filmed laughing. I mean, you know, if you, if you can't have a bit of banter at your work, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. The lads are doing border control. Difficult job. You know? They've, they've got contraband. They'll have a list. Knives. Right? Filipino immigrants. Ham sandwiches, whatever they find is banned, they've got to take it. You know? 
Uh, Dutch officials were filmed laughing while confiscating a British lorry driver's ham sandwich due to post-Brexit import rules. A clip on TV in the Netherlands shows border staff taking lunch and other food from truckers while joking, Welcome to Brexit, sir. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you can noise somebody up, if you can bam somebody up, within the legal limits of your job, are you telling me you wouldn't do that? It's the same in a call centre. Listen, see when I worked in a call centre, I sent teams to training, right? And one time they came back and we had to have this management meeting and I'm going, has anybody been at the training to actually see what the fuck's been told here? Because something wasn't right when they all came back onto the phones. And then we sent along, we went, look, give us a brief outline. And one of the things was they were told... If a customer swears at you in the phone, God forbid somebody should say a sweary word. Imagine, imagine being at your work and an adult said a sweary word to another adult. Oh, how could you continue? I feel completely triggered. That person called me a fucking bitch on the phone and then hung up on me. I can't continue my job. Fucking grow up. So they were told if a customer swears at you in the phone, you have the right, the right as a grown-up, not to accept that kind of language and terminate the call. So all that was happening was people were on the phone, right? And they were just pushing customers to swear. So when they would go, oh, oh you said fuck, sir. You fucked it for yourself. Goodbye. And hang up on them. Again, working within the rules set out within your business. Now imagine these border control fucking guys have been sitting going, listen... We've got as much hashing fucking cocaine as we can handle. We don't need to worry about finding any more gear ever again. We've got fucking cubic tons of the stuff back here. We must be able to have some fun with Brexit. No, boys, listen. You've still got to let the trucks in, right? You've still got to let the trucks in. We've still got to let all the car go in. As long as it's sealed, as long as everything's got the pins and the chips on it, everything's totally fine. Do you tell me I can't stop a British lorry driver and give him shite because of Brexit? No, guys, you've still got to let him through. As long as the car goes all sealed properly, everything's fine. As long as it's sealed properly, everything's fine, right? All right. What if they've got in the cab? What do you mean? What do you mean, Hans? What if, hear me out, what if they've brought a packed lunch for home? Well, in that case, that was the sealed under Regulation 745 conditions, so we can take his pieces off him. Fucking yes, boys. Pull them over. Get the lunchboxes. Again, working within the rules. I've not got a problem with that. Just don't, just don't take pieces with you when you go to Holland. You know? Sit on the banks of Dover, watching the fucking the White Cliffs and the, the inflatable dinghies come in with all the immigrants, you know? Sit there, beautiful scenery. People screaming as they fall in the water. Sky news boats can pass them asking if they're alright, but no help in any cunt. Sit there and eat your pieces before you go in the boat. You know, have a picnic to yourself. Have a nice wee picnic. Maybe talk to some other lorry drivers. Eh? Maybe sit and have a chat about what lorry drivers chat about. I don't know. Best places to get a breakfast. Where all the glory holes are. I don't know what lorry drivers talk about. I've never driven a lorry. Have a chat. Eat your pieces, continue on your way. The driver is heard in the in the background pleading, can you take the meat and leave me the bread? In the name of God! That, that's, a, that's a grim situation. That is a grim situation. 
take the meat, but for the love of fuck, leave the bread. I mean, the, you'd, you'd probably argue the bread is the essence of the sandwich. You know? I was going to say the meat, the filling is, is, the, is the sandwich, but then if, you, if you've not got the bread, you're just holding a fucking slice of meat. Maybe that's, maybe that's more mental. You know, if you opened up somebody's lunchbox and there was just two slices of ham in there, you'd be like, what the fuck's this guy up to? Can you take the meat and leave me the bread? Oh, you poor fucker. No. <laughs> Please, sir. Please. Take the meat, but, but, but leave the bread. Have mercy. Please have mercy, sir. Leave the bread. No. We're fucking taking a lot of it. The EU forbids, forbids, uh, meat, meat products. What would a meat product be? Spam? Tin corn beef? Leather? Leather? I don't know, I'm just saying words now. Uh, milk or dairy products to be brought in from countries outside the Union for personal consumption. Yeah, for, forget it. Yeah? That old chestnut, personal use, your honour. Disney what with a slice of meat? Does not work with a slice of meat. Border control is cutting down. Uh, now that the UK has left the EU, this means lorry drivers crossing the channel will mostly have to buy food in the countries they are travelling to rather than bringing it from home. Right? Maybe we've uncovered some kind of, you know, lorry driver racism here. Eh? I only want British meat on my pieces. I'm looking at that Dutch shite. Who knows? Uh, since Brexit, you are no longer allowed certain foods to Europe. One border official at the Hook of Holland Seaport told, uh, told Netherlands NPO Television the footage shows officers rooting through people's vehicles and holding up any food uh, within saying it will have to be confiscated. But the strict stance on the newly imposed rules has been slammed as pathetic nitpicking by a leading Brexiteer. There you go. If anybody is uh, travelling to Holland, uh, just you know, don't take don't take your sandwiches, you know. And if you do have sandwiches, just don't have any don't have any meat products on them. Just just pull over, man. When you get pulled over, getting a spa, you know they must have them in fucking France or Holland, and uh, just get yourself a cut a, cut a slice of belly bear meat, make yourself a wee sandwich, and, and on your way, you know. And then when the border controls like, hey, hold on a minute here. Can't get a fucking ham piece. You go, aha! The ham was purchased in your uh, hometown, so put it back, cunt. It's good, you know. It's good to see the way everything has grown in the world. You know, millions of people dying for COVID, uh, vaccinations unable to roll out, possible complications with the vaccines, people offering fake vaccinations and stealing money off pensioners, children across the UK starving. The real issues are being kept up and being being looked at. The real issues, like lorry drivers taking ham sandwiches across fake borders, that don't even exist. Doesn't even exist. It's good to see there's people that are still tackling the big issues. You know. What a fuck, man. What a fuck. <laughs> Right, let's look at some. Uh, let's look at some questions. I've got some questions here. Thank you to everybody who got in touch um, with some questions for the show. You can do so on the Facebook page, which is Scott Gibson Comedy. Please do like the page or get me on Instagram at Big Scott Gibson again. Please do follow 
the page, all the links are in the description or in the bio. Um, whatever that means. Hit the hit the like button, hit the subscribe, smash that subscribe, as the kids say. Um, right. Jacqueline Thompson. Jacqueline, thanks for your question. Jacqueline's asked, when should people stop saying Happy New Year? Content very, very hot hot potato. Jacqueline. Hot potato. Seems to be two camps in this one. Uh the overhead light has started to go. And uh oh, I'm getting notifications. The mouse is running out as well. Oh, it's all happening. It's all happening here. Um, two camps in this one there seems to be people who will say Happy New Year uh, for the first couple of days of January and then we'll let it slide and everybody seems to know one or two Bob Ags who like that kind of you know they'll say Happy New Year in April and you'll be like what and they go well it's the first time that I've seen you since the New Year so Happy New Year to you fuck up I, I would say is it 12, 12 days of Christmas is that not a thing 12 days before and 12 days after is that a thing? Have I just made that up? I would say first week, right? After after the 6th or 7th of January, first week. And then if you're saying it after that, you're probably a bit weird. You know? Um, it, did, it, did, it does feel a bit odd. First of January, we're out, you know? New Year, new me, brisk walk and all that, carry on. And people just come past you and stay going, Happy New Year, Happy New Year to you and yours, Happy New Year, and you're like, Happy New Year. It felt strange, you know. So I would say, within the first year, and just say to people you know, just say to people you know, you know, that's not be weird, man. I know we're all like, Kumbaya, my lord, we all lived through 2020. What a year, we all survived that together. The world's a much happier, friendly place. It's not. The world's a very violent place. <laughs> The world's a very violent place. And until everybody realises that extreme violence is the only way to solve the world's issues, we're going to continue in this kind of purgatory zone. I feel as though I want to get t-shirts made up, you know, that just says extreme violence on it. But made up in like a kind of cool logo as if it's like a kind of Cobra Kai gang. <laughs> maybe that maybe that's something for, for later down the line who knows but Jacqueline I would say first week of the new year and then after that just stop it you know and if somebody says to you happy new year go and to you you know to you mate Folks, it's, it's February the 4th relax Alan Foster Alan um, again we're, we're really getting to the core of the uh, of the world's problems here with these questions and I thank you for them Alan has asked, do Edinburgh junkies speak differently from the Glasgow junkies or is there a universal language they have? Now, Alan, again, hot potato. Um, <clears throat> I was surprised when I encountered the Edinburgh junkie at just how close to the Glasgow junkie they are. Now, they're definitely uh, an ancestor, definitely a cousin, you know, of the Glasgow Junkie. I think I think that we can all agree that the uh, the Glasgow Junkie is the original Junkie. The, the the original Junkie in which other Junkies stemmed from. I think we can all agree that. Um, you know, the, the, the Junkie A, the Outbreak Junkie, you know, was, uh, was the Glasgow, was the Glasgow Junkie. It's that kind of, oh, it's that kind of, no one can, I don't know if, if you take a certain amount of heroin suddenly your jaw doesn't work I've never tried heroin I imagine it's lovely I imagine it's very difficult 
to free yourself from heroin. But I've never I've never had it, so I can't fully commit to it. Um but I, I don't know if there is a limit you take and then suddenly you're kinda like yeah, is anybody gonna you kinda you know you know I'm talking about that nasally <laughs> suddenly muscles start to shut down. Maybe Right, maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. Maybe we're looking at junkies as this kind of street rat, if you will. A hood rat, you know, a, a lower member of society. Maybe the junkie is, is an advanced human. Maybe we need to spin things on its head. Maybe the junkies are not the disgusting sewer rats that we see scouring the street going, yeah, the minute is big man, right, is I need 46 and a half pence for the bus. Maybe these people are an, an advanced evolution of humanity. Maybe they've realised through their, their their quest, if you like, in the high-end narcotics, that you don't actually need to use the amount of muscles that we use daily. You know, most normal people will walk tall and straight. Maybe they've realised that the hunch is the, is the most effective way to kind of just scurry across the street. You know? You don't have to enunciate. We're told, enunciate for God's sake. Pronounce your words. Speak properly. Use your telephone voice. I have listened to full conversations with junkies. It's only been noises. Ah, you're like, what's going on? Now, it's worrying when you can tune your ear into that language. But maybe they've discovered that you don't actually have to go to the lens that most of us go to in order to communicate, because we are animals at the end of the day, and a simple, huh, is enough. The 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 sound of them uh, does differ slightly uh, in the conversation. The Edinburgh junkie has a, a, a slightly higher note to the nasal uh, speak. It's still that junkie, you know, mate, but they have a kind of, it's a, a slightly higher pitched Alan. Uh, to answer your question, but the um, still, still the same, still, still Jakey, still junky looking. You can identify. It's not as if the Edinburgh junkie is a as a st- distinguished gentleman, a well-to-do figure. No, no, no. They, they still, they still cast the shadow of a junkie. Uh, very unpleasant in the eye. Moving packs. Uh, usually have a dog with them. Uh, that doesn't want to be there. Easily identifiable. But the 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 universal nasally voice. Is a is a probably an octave higher than the Glasgow counterpart, but there you go, you know, junkies. Hey, junkies are people as well, uh, and they need they need their help, you know. Anyway, uh, Kenny Bridges has asked, "How's the diet going? It's going well, going well. Uh, three kilos off in a week. Happy with that. Don't know what that is in in feet and inches, uh, but listen, we we need to shift." Uh, 80 pounds is the target 80 pound is the target and uh, we've we've shifted uh, 3 kilos so what's that in pounds I don't know let's just google that uh, converting uh, kgs into pounds let's convert this the reason being I've got one of these apps right where I'm like tracking stuff and, and doing different things and, and I, I stupidly entered the wrong the wrong uh, the wrong weight into it so it was asking me what my weight was and because 
most people are, are stone, right? Stones and pounds. Um, but all these American things like kilos, you know, kgs and pounds and 300 pounds and 500 pounds. So I, I should have put it in kilograms because my scales are in kilograms, right? Because I, you know, I used to shift the pow pow. But got on the scales and then I had to give it any long story short. We're wanting to shift 80 pounds as the target on, which is, drumroll please, 36.3 kilos, right? So, say 36 and a half kilos. Is the target weight to shift? Uh, and week one, three kilos off. So happy with that. Um, so, so far, oddly, I, I, I've got this thing where I... Uh, I can just eat the same thing over and over and over again. Chicken, man. I could eat chicken till the cows come home. That doesn't make sense. But you know what I mean? I could eat chicken, breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's my favourite food. I fucking love chicken. I love it. Um, So I could eat chicken morning and night. And that's what I'm doing. Uh, I've got I've got myself in a, in a good wee routine. I am, I'm no more or less hungry than I was before. I'm no starving myself. I I mean I'm 36 year old right my weight's always been kind of up and down and it, and for the years when I've been you know my mental health's not been great and I've been depressed and I've not been in a good place my weight tends to go up now you know I'll say this as well weight loss is a difficult thing um I was on antidepressants for quite a number of years and in the course of those years I was on three different antidepressants and each of those antidepressants had a different side effect some of them basically turned me into a zombie, just put me in bed, I, I was sleeping for the whole day, uh, others, I uh, I gained a lot of weight on one of the, the tablets, and uh, I've, I've found it hard to shift that weight since then, I'm, I'm at my heaviest I've ever been, I'm a ball here under 26 stone, or I was last week when I first weighed in, and 26 stone is, is huge, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of weight, only thing is, I don't look 26 stone, I've got a big frame, I've always been a big guy, um, but I want to get down to about 20 stone, that's that's my target. When I was, from about 18 to about 21, is the fittest I've ever been in my life. That's when I was playing, you know, rugby at quite a high level, and I was exercising a lot, and that's the fittest I've ever been, and at that point, I was about 20 stone, I was a fucking big boy, man, but I was... You know, I was built, I was, I was athletic, I was healthy. And that's what I want to get back to. If I can get back to about 20 stone, I'll be happy with that. Now, 20 stone, for a lot of people, is still huge. It's still very, very heavy. But 20 stone on this frame isn't really that big, I don't think. I mean, I'm six foot, I've got a 58-inch chest, I'm a big boy, right? So I carry that weight. Right now, I'm too heavy. I'm far too heavy. But if I can shift that and get down to 20 stone, I think I'll be doing okay. So the target is 80 pound to shift. That's worth trying to knock off the, the timber yard. Um so far so good, mate. I little things have been the, the, the stuff. Um no beating myself up about it. I, I read an article that was quite interesting about how you basically your your mind is one of the most powerful things that can, can affect you during weight loss or trying to get a kind of healthier lifestyle. And it's about how you kind of almost treat yourself and and talk to yourself. And it's the first thing that I've actually read where I thought this is explaining things at a, in a way that I can digest it. Oh, digest for weight loss. 
a lot of the stuff that I've looked at is very much like, you know, listen, you're just a little, a little seed, okay? And we want you to blossom into a beautiful tree, alright? So on five, we're all going to say Hare Krishna, and then we're going to have a plate of chickpeas, okay? Let's do that now. Fuck off. That, that kind of shit is never going to hit home with me, ever. It's never going to land with me, right? Because I just don't buy any. I think it's all bull. I don't, I don't need the sales pitch. I feel as if all that stuff is marketing bullshit and it's a sales pitch. I just need to know what I need to know. So I read this article. I'll try and find it. I'll stick up. It was basically through an Instagram post. Instagram. And um, it was talking about the language in which you use for weight loss and the language in which we use for weight gain. And one of the things I found interesting was talking about cheat days, right? And it's talking about how it's uh, some people find it healthy to have one day a week where they, they don't really kind of look at what they're doing and they allow themselves to have the food they want to have. They don't necessarily overindulge, you know, they don't have to go crazy. But it was talking about how the language you use around that and why it's, it's not particularly great to call it a cheat day because it's negative connotations and you're not really cheating on anybody. So it's called a, a relaxed day. And... Um, you mix those days up, uh, some people make the mistakes where they'll say things like, right, a Friday's my relaxed day, or a Friday's my cheat day, or a Sunday's my cheat day, and they go mad, and they use that, sorry, they use that 24 hours to just consume everything, and they effectively damage the work that they've done in the week. The other thing is, if you continue to have the same day every single week, as your uh, as your cheat day or your relaxed day, your body starts to get used to that. Your body starts to understand that right tomorrow we are going to get an influx of sugar, salt, fat. So we need to be prepared for that. So if there's a night of the week or if there's any day where you know I just feel like right, I want to get a takeaway tonight, or I want to get a pizza, or I want to sit watch food, whatever, I'll do that. And you know we got a pizza on last Friday and um. Little changes like whereas before we would get I would get a massive one, just got a normal sized one and you know, I didn't order all the sides and all the different stuff that comes with it and so so far so good, mate. I've not found it too too hard. Um came off sugar, I don't have sugar in my tea and my coffee anymore. Um that was a kind of hard shift at the start. i I'm sure I said this before when when I first came off sugar and I was just drinking black coffee, I had the most intense headache for about two days. Um, but got over that now. Um, consuming less caffeine, certainly drinking far less coffee than I was because I'm realising I was just addicted to the sugar. So that's been good. Uh, no more full-fat fizzy juice, no more Coke, no more Iron Brew, none of that. I've not had anything since the uh, since the new year, so pleased with that so far. We're now, what, uh, 12 days in, I've not had any, any of that stuff. Uh, drinking more water, try to hit two litres a day. And like I said, just getting into a, getting into an idea of understanding what I'm going to eat, um, portioning things out better. If you want to call it meal prep or planning, whatever it is, but just having you know chicken and veg and thinking about how I cook things and I so far so good, mate. So far so good, and I think it's in a and I've got to a place where I feel as if I could maintain this this kind of diet for a lot longer than I have before because I'm not I'm not really. I don't feel as if I'm denying myself things. I'm just more aware of what choices I'm making, and uh, it's hard. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard because you crave things, and I don't think we all realize how much 
how much damage we've done to our bodies with the amount of fat and the amount of sugar that we've consumed over the years, you know. Uh, so I still get cravings for stuff, and uh, I, I'll, I still will, but I'm making better choices at what I'm, what I'm having, and also things like how often I'm eating. Whereas before, I, I, would, I would very rarely have a breakfast. Now, every day this year, every day this year is 12 days, but every day since I've started this diet, I have forced myself to have a breakfast every single day. Good, you know, porridge and a coffee in the morning, some, and uh, try and do a, a litre of water the first thing in the morning. But I've done that every single day, and I do feel better. Because what would happen is I'd get to like maybe two or three o'clock in the day, and all I've had is coffee all day. I've not had a meal, and then I'd get really hungry, and then at night time I'd go crazy on a, on a massive dinner. So eating more regular, having breakfast, lunch, and dinner, spacing things out. I so far so good. But I, w- I would say to anybody, like I said a couple of episodes ago before in the podcast, don't don't be hard on yourself, man. A lot of people think like when they when they want to lose weight that they're going to lose a a vast amount of weight, or they're going to they're going to do it within a month. I, I think it's going to take maybe two or three years. But if I can just see a, a gradual decline in my weight and start to you know, chip away at it, knock a knock a few pounds off every week, that'll be that'll be good. And even monthly, you know, it doesn't have to be weekly. Uh, more of a kind of change in mindset, so I uh, can be good. So far, so good, mate. So we'll see how we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. You know, I might have a complete mental breakdown and put on another twenty stone. We never get to that point either. I never say I'm nearly. You know, I'm just over twenty six stone. Let's push on to thirty. Let's see how big we can get this frame. But uh, yes, uh, so far so good. Thanks, for that, mate. Um. My missus actually asked me as well, what's my highlight of 2020? So we'll talk about that. So she'd asked me what my highlight was for 2020. And it's uh, there's two things I wanted to say. First one, definitely the uh, the trip to Amsterdam. We we went to Amsterdam just before lockdown uh, happened. We actually got back uh, home. And then I think lockdown happened maybe like four or five days after it. We were, we were concerned that there was going to be some kind of caution when we were coming through customs because at that point the whole Brexit thing was up in arms as well and we never had any issues whatsoever so um I that that was the highlight that's tri- I I love Amsterdam I love Holland it's just it's, I've spoken about it before but it's my favorite place it's my favorite place in the world man I absolutely love it I love the architecture I love the uh, it's the feeling of Holland and Amsterdam particularly it's the, it's the feeling of it it's just everything's very very relaxed you know and I, I think it's just it's just designed perfectly everything's you know it's that kind of old european city where it's all squares and blocks very easy to navigate uh the main part of the city centers around the canals you know so as, as long as you get to a canal you can find anywhere because it all just goes moves back in grids beautiful parks lovely people very very calm very polite very relaxed, everything's very flat, you know, so it's easy to get about, you're never really stressed, or, you know, you're not like, it's not like Edinburgh, where you're having to fucking schlep your way up a mountain to get to another part of the city, it's just, everything, whenever I am in Amsterdam, I, I feel completely calm, and it's a very odd thing to, to be able to describe, because I, I'm, I just can't describe the feeling to you, but I, I never have that feeling anywhere else in the world, than I do when it's in Amsterdam. And I'm not talking about getting on the fucking white widows. I'm just saying when you get in the city and you and, and I don't mean in the, 
the touristy bit, the red light bit, and all the fucking stag and hen bit. I mean, you know, the the real Amsterdam where the where the locals live is just such a very calming city. I honestly love it. I I would, you know, never say never. I I I can't see it happening, but I would love to live in Holland. I would fucking love it, man. I think it's the one place where I would be, I would be truly happy, you know, but. Can I see it? But you never know. You never know. You never know what's in the corner. But it would be... Uh, I love it. So that, that was the highlight for me. We went there with a, an amazing time. Um, kind of long weekend kind of thing. Um, and just explored. You know, just, just got up in the morning, got dressed and just went out and just walked for miles. And that's the kind of holiday I like, man. I, I like a city break, particularly Amsterdam. Um, I've been a number of times now. But each time I find something new, I find something different, and I, I find another bit of the city that I like, and I want to explore it. And uh, it was great. One of the days, uh, which was the best day for me, we we literally got up in the morning and we just we just walked, you know, and we we had something to eat, and we would have a pint, and then we walk some more, and we go to a shop, we'd sit and have a pint, and even even talking about that now, think there's no way sitting there that we would have known what was about to happen, you know. Imagine that now. Think how much you would you would love that now. I would do anything to be able to do that now. Walking around Amsterdam, go to a wee cafe, get a pint, you know, sit and get some food and then walk about again, get in a shop and go into an art gallery and go into one of these indoor markets that they've got. Mix just sit and watch people, man. You know, that's one of the it's one of the things I love to do the most. Sit in a wee corner bar, a wee corner restaurant and just watch people walk about Arsenal. Sad, isn't it? Is it sad? I don't know. That's what makes me happy. And uh, I think that's why I had... That's one of the best trips I've ever been on. The first time that me and the missus were really away uh, together. And uh, it's the first time that I've had a trip where I've been with someone who is as just as calm as me if that makes sense you know so I wasn't getting dragged somewhere or I wasn't getting forced into fucking you know posting for social media posts none of that bullshit it was just everything was just very calm very relaxed and honestly I love it man I, I would I cannot wait to get back to Amsterdam again can't wait I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for longer next time if I can get a few gigs done first get some money in, in the pocket and then maybe go back for maybe two weeks and uh, I'd like to spend a week in a week in Amsterdam, and then spend a week maybe travelling other parts of Holland as well, just to check it out. Um, but that was my highlight for twenty twenty, without a doubt. Uh, especially being able to do that before lockdown happened. And then the other highlight has been has been this has been the podcast. Um, you know, I cannot thank uh, I cannot thank you enough for everybody who has supported the show. I really can't. Um, Obviously, we're not we're not going into it too much, but twenty twenty has been the most difficult year for me, you know, work wise, financially, whatever, as it has been for many of us. Uh, so to to build the podcast up to the point where between this uh, podcast and the hashtag show, um, I've be, I've been able to at least pay my rent, um, has been massive, you know, because the, there was a couple of months at the start when you know the Patreon was just was just beginning and, and there was nothing really happening and it was difficult you know and listen I'm well I'm still not in a position where 
you know, I want to grow the Patreon. I, I, I'd love to continue to grow those numbers and, and get in a position where the the podcast starts to generate a bit of, a bit of income for itself so that I can do the things I want to do with the show because I'd like to invest in it. I'd like to get some new equipment. The, the, the dream for the podcast is to be in a in a studio at some point and, and be able to have guests in. That's where I want it to get to. Uh, and that needs the you know that needs people on board that needs the numbers to grow but this has been a huge outlet for me for my mental health for my you know performance aspect and and been able to do this and it's uh it's it's been a pleasure it's been tough sometimes you know it's felt like a job at times but uh, i've enjoyed it i've wanted to do a solo podcast for a long time and uh to every single one of you who listens uh who shares the podcast who who talks about it who promotes it I honestly cannot thank you enough for your support. Um, so that 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 was my highlights. That was my two highlights. Certainly for twenty twenty was was the trip away to Amsterdam and for for the podcast to grow to where it's been. So um, hopefully, well, not hopefully the 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 podcast will continue twenty twenty one and beyond. But hopefully we grow those numbers. So if uh, if you do see the posts on social media, please do share them. And uh, you know if you're not already on the Patreon, then sign up. Um, but yeah, that was that. So thanks for your question, guys. And again, if you've got any questions, uh, please do, please do get in touch. Since the uh, since the storm on the capital, um, there's been there's been a bit more development since then of the uh, of the the band of brothers. <laughs> who made it out of the Capitol building in, in, in Washington. Um it seems as if like like a like a woman scorned uh the liberal left has taken to social media to quickly identify uh those people who weren't stupid enough to wear their works pass around their neck uh in order for them to be fired and removed from their from their jobs. Um this is an this is an odd one. This is an odd kind of development because, for 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 me, right in my in my opinion, and this is my podcast, man, so I can say what the fuck I want on it. Right, rightly or wrongly, if you believe in people's right to to protest, and I don't think anyone can deny that. I don't think what you can say, what happened in the Capitol building in America was a protest. I think that was a riot. I think we can say that. But one thing I don't agree in, whether I am for or against your movement, I don't agree in grass and cunts in. That just doesn't sit right with me. I think that if you have taken it upon yourself to go online, find these people and then grass them into the polls, I think you're just as bad as those cunts, you fucking grass and bastard. Let, don't, don't do the... Listen. See if there was riots in this country. Right, and there's a bunch of right wing fucking neo Nazis storming Holyrood Pal Holyrood Holyrood Palace. Right, or the fucking the the, the Parliament building in Edinburgh. And the police are going, We're looking for any information for if you know these people, do your own fucking work, you lazy pricks. you're doing you're doing the Polish job for them. Going online finding these people. Now, obviously, everybody's favourite uh, amongst them continues to be uh, this crazy bastard, the horn guy, you know? Um, I, I, 
I have never wanted a hat so much in all my life as I as I do with with this guy. That's one of the greatest hats I've ever seen in my life. Turns out that he himself is uh, is a bit of a bit of a madman. Uh, the Capitol rioter in Horned Hat uh, hasn't eaten since his arrest over lack of organic food. Now this this just gets better. This gets better and better. They've uh, obviously Falkenhoof's been arrested. It would be hard for him to blend back in again because I imagine if I imagine if you're the guy who paints his face red, white, and blue, rock flag and eagle, and then kicks about in a horned beaver pelt, um, you're going to be easily identified. You know, even if it was to wash that off. But also, these people they get their five minute of fame. They want to push it. You know. I'm sure they had people going, hey, man, you got to take that red, white, and blue off your face. I'm not going to find you, man. He's like, I'm the fucking mad cunt with a horn, mate. He's not going underground. He is living large. And he's uh, been, uh, been arrested. Uh, the Capitol rioter, who was photographed wearing a horned hat, has reportedly refused to eat anything at the detention centre which is currently being held due to apparent lack of organic food. Uh, Jacob Chansley, a.k.a. Jake Angeli, uh, had his first federal court hearing on Monday, January 11th, appearing via telephone from a quarantined part of the facility. Uh, here he was ordered to be held until a hearing scheduled for Friday, January 15th. Now, interest, interestingly, if you, if you are arrested for storming the Capitol building, Surely they just keep them locked up until after the inauguration, because I believe the inauguration is January the twentieth. So if he's going to have a hearing on January fifteenth, there is a chance that he could be out again. Are you going to want these people out? Because we'll talk about this in a minute as well. Apparently, there was an FBI report who that has claimed that they're expecting further rights across America, affecting different capital buildings as well. So would you not just keep these fuckers locked up? Chansley 33 uh, has been charged with disorderly conduct and violent entry as well as illegally being in restricted spaces within Capitol grounds after storming the Capitol building on January 6th. Photos from the scene show a bare-chested Chansley wearing a furry horned hat and brandishing a large American flag. Although his face was painted red, white and blue, Chansley, who has previously attained demonstrations in Arizona, was clearly in, in, clearly identifiable. Is he honestly going to turn around and go, that's not me, mate. That is the mean up, no way. <laughs> no way, mate. And Mr. Chancellor, the tattoos and the chest match yours. Nah, mate, that's some other guy. Nah, mate, he's, his face is red, white, and blue. I paint my face blue, white, and red. See, there's a big difference there, mate. That's not me. <laughs> uh, Chancellor, who refers to himself as the QAnon shaman. Come on. A brilliant, brilliant. Listen, see if you there's not enough real nutters anymore. You know, there's not enough people who really, truly commit to the madness. If you're going to kick about bare-chested with that hat on, paint the face, and part of the QAnon movement, and you're going to call yourself the QAnon shaman, fucking go for it, man. Fair play to him. The, uh, the QAnon shaman turned himself in at the Phoenix FBI office on Saturday, January 8th, after becoming aware that authorities were looking for him. As reported by the Arizona Republic, uh, during the hearing, Chancellor's appointed public defender, Gerald Williams, told the court his client had not eaten since his arrest. 
Uh, Williams proceeded to explain that Angeli had a restricted diet, stating that he wasn't sure whether this was due to religious or health reasons. Magistrate Judge Deborah Fine instructed Williams to get in touch with the US Marshal's Office to resolve the issue, stating, Mr. Chancellor needs to eat. It's his God-given right to a meal, Your Honour. He can't eat. He needs organic food. <laughs> Your Honour, you don't understand. My client is a shaman. He is not a normal man. He, he is a descendant from the QAnon movement. He is a QAnon shaman, Your Honour. He can only eat organic food grown from the soil of America. It cannot have touched immigrants' hands, Your Honour. <laughs> we understand that a meal was provided for your client. Yes, but it was served to him by a Mexican and he cannot eat that food, Your Honour. <laughs> I'm a QAnon shaman, you cunt. And I need organic food. <laughs> oh, somebody just needs to. Somebody just needs to go in and sit next to that guy and just talk to him. You know, no, 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 a therapist, no, no, some, not even a medic. Me, a Scottish guy. Send a send a Scottish guy in, right? It doesn't know about Q and on or Pizza Gate or get a fuck about all that nonsense. And just sit next to him with his face painted, starving in a, in a cell, and go, pack it in, eh? <laughs> it's, do you know think it's time to pack it in? You're 33, mate. Eh? Come on. Put a tap on, eh? Put a tap on. Get a job, you know, find, find, a, find a lady or, or a man. You know, find something. Make you happy. Give you a cuddle. You know? Watch your telly, eh? You watch Peaky Blinders? Fucking watch Peaky Blinders, man. It's a great programme, you know? Very forward thinking. Has a lot of women in high profile positions. The IRA, one of the most advanced terrorist organisations ever. You know, they're, they're practically run by women in that programme. It's fucking mental. Who knew? Who knew the IRA was predominantly run by women? Madness. Just pack it in, mate, eh? But instead, he's like, I fucking need organic food. What else is this is saying? Uh, the U.S. Marshal from Phoenix, David Gonzalez, told the Arizona Republic that the Marshal Service was worked to accommodate Chancellor's organic food requirements if the court ordered them to do so. Ordered them to do so. Oh, Chancellor reportedly told the FBI that he'd attended the Washington, D.C. riot at the request of the President and that all patriots come to D.C. Imagine... Imagine if Donald Trump had just been sitting at night, just bored, you know, just going through his Twitter when he still had it, going, right, I'm going to find every fucking mentalist there is. I'm going to send him a DM saying, come to DC, mate, fucking kick off. I mean, as soon as you stumbled across that guy, you'd be like, in the name of fuck, get him signed up. Topless, red, white and blue, rock flag and eagle, yes, please. All this, all of this, because of fucking reality TV. <laughs> you imagine if reality TV wasn't a thing, how different the world would be. Think of all the fuck nuggets that are on social media right now. All the Love Islanders, the Kardashians, the fucking Trumps. Right? Let's not forget, Trump came for The Apprentice. Let's not forget that. 
think think how different the world would be if reality TV was never a thing. Think how many idiots that are in daily view for us all. Some of them even in positions of great power and wealth for having fuck all talent. Imagine a world without reality TV. I tell you something, Lord Sugar's got a lot to answer for for this. I don't know what came first. I don't know if the uh, the American, I imagine the American Apprentice came first. I imagine Donald Trump came first. You're fired. I think we should get the producers of The Apprentice America into the street and as part of the inauguration, uh, assassinate them. Public hanging before they bring in Biden as in a way to apologise for what's going on. I think that would be the best way to do it. Oh, Chansley, Chansley, Chansley. He just thought he was a patriot, man, you know? He thought he was he was an organic-eating patriot. Now he's in the jail. Begging for some. He, he, would, he would be quite happy to receive the uh, £30 box that the Tories are sending out. Two carrots, a potato and an onion. Organic. <laughs> Maybe the Tories need to rebrand that as the patriot box. Maybe that's the way to do it. Maybe this isn't like a, a school meal supplement or like a, a nourishment pack. They rebrand it as the Patriot Box. Do what you can for your country. Order a Patriot Box. <laughs> well, it's the first time we've ever had some breaking news on uh, the, the podcast, but as, I'm, as we are recording, I've just got a wee ping up from uh, independent um, through through the uh, through the app on the iPhone. God bless the iPhone. God bless Steve Jobs. Eh, what a man! What a visionary! Um, talking about earlier on about Morrison's uh, apparently making the claim that they'll stop people getting into the supermarket. Uh, hopefully, this is possibly the starting of tighter restrictions in the high street. Um, it's saying here that all of Britain's big four supermarkets have now said they will refuse entry to customers not wearing masks. Both Tesco and Asda announced the new policy on Tuesday afternoon after Morrison's and Sainsbury's had earlier led the way. So that's all four of the uh, UK supermarkets now apparently banning people uh, into the shop who don't have uh, don't have face masks. So interesting to see if that holds it. Interesting to see if the uh, the poor fuckers who are uh, are running the uh, front of house security for these supermarkets uh, are actually able to enforce that uh, it's 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 been it's been surprising i'm going to be honest and and slightly alarming uh just at the volume of people who i have seen in supermarkets that uh that are not wearing masks um still even now even after going through a second lockdown in and out up and down numbers rising still there are people who and it's not people who now listen i've seen a few people you know, they have the, the badges on that are saying they're exempt from wearing it. But, you know, I, I mean, I'm not going to just put a fucking mask on, you know. I'm not going to go into that, but it, it's still amazing the amount of... And it's wee fucking daft junkies, just daft wee brass monkeys kicking about nowhere in their mask. So, nah, it'll be interesting to see how that's enforced and uh, and and hopefully, hopefully that's the start of a change. Hopefully now, maybe in the next week or two, we do get a little bit tougher and people start to see... Maybe some more fines or some some people being cleared or some more shops being closed down because I'm still seeing, 
you know, I'll go out with the dog for a walk, you know, three or four times a day and get the steps in, get the exercise in and I'm still amazed sometimes when I see certain shops and I go, how how are they open? Why are they open? That's not an essential shop. Um, But yes, so if you're going to do your shopping, make sure you got a mask, but you should have a mask on anyway. Okay, team, that's us. Uh, another episode done, 64. Uh, thank you to everybody who uh, subscribes. Thanks for everybody who shows. Thanks for everybody who, who shares. Sorry, thanks for listening. Uh, happy to say that in between recording, we've had to stop and we've went and picked the tour manager up. He is now relaxing on the sofa. Uh, it has not on painkillers, but he's doing well. He said quite a few teeth out. He said the wee problem when he's gum fixed. And uh, he's he's home. He's safe. He's well. So that's a that's a good end to the day and a good end to the podcast. Uh, so again, thank you for listening. Uh, please do share it when you see the social posts. And if you are not already a member of the Patreon, if you're not already a rascal, please consider becoming uh, a member. Sign up uh, at patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash big Scott Gibson. It is the best way to support the show and to support me through lockdown. And it's the only way to access every single episode of the podcast and to get all of the special content, including my comedy albums. Um, you can sign up for $5, which is less than a pound a week. It's about 80 pence a week. So if you don't already, please do consider joining that. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Right, that's us. Uh, Sunday service will be out on Sunday. We'll be back again next Wednesday for another episode. If you do have any questions or topics, please do get in touch. Follow the socials, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Quarantine Quiz uh, happens on Wednesday nights, 8.30 on Facebook. And uh, that's it. Stay safe, wear your mask, look after yourself, wash your hands and your arsehole. And hopefully I will see you on a battlefield soon. Almost. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns